for score. There's one rule. Welcome, welcome to the back porch of Franklin Bridge. It's the champions playbook on dude. We've for, we've like totally forgot what week we're on. Remember like the first I know, part I know, of the podcast, the first part of the season. We were like, you know what? Let's call this week zero. What are, where are we now? That's what I'm saying. Who knows? I have no idea. Well, um, another week though. Another week. So yeah, we're gonna have some fun this week. Let's recap. What, what are we doing last okay? week? Yeah, I think so. We good? Y'all yeah, can hear so. me, right? Okay, just checking. So last week we were talking about the BMW with Bryson and Cantlay. Oh yeah. So we got to do a quick like this isn't the main focus of this, but quick pick. Who's your player of the year? I think rookie of the year is easy. Zalatoris. Like yeah, that's, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. But is it Cantley? He won four times, although two of those have an asterisk next to him. Because one was Rom, who got six-shot lead, got the COVID. The Memorial, right? Yep. Um, and then you had – so that would take it to three and three. That was one of the ones that Cantley won. Yep. So that would take it to three and three. And then you also have this tour championship. The new format is still only new for the last three years. Yeah. And so – Rom had the lowest seventy-two hole score, but Cantley won the tournament. Yep. So what? Yeah. It's I mean, it goes it goes to three wins to two wins if you do that. Like it's just gonna be it's gonna be like who do you pick? I'm I'm gonna pick Rom. Like guys just had a bad hand dealt to him this year, but he's played tremendous. But Cantley did what he needed to do. I think it's either uh, Rom or Morikawa. Ooh. Morikawa winning a WGC and, and a major. And a major at the Open. And, I mean, Morikawa's just been the most consistent. But then, okay, then we talk about... We should ask Alex what she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We'll get to Alex in a second. <laughs> I think my pick is going to be... Um, I'm, I'm just going to say it's Morikawa. I like Morikawa. I think a WGC and a major under your belt this year is really good. I, I don't think they could go wrong with any of the three picks that they it's just going to be the rationale as to why they chose and it's jack nicholas's pick it's his award some people were saying too that um the money list should be kind of what decides that too which can't lay would definitely win that yeah but you got 15 million dollars thrown well, in on the last one even without the 15 i still think he's number number one on the money list interesting Hadn't but, thought about because he had a bunch of top ten or top fives. But Rom also had like a bunch of top fives and top tens as well. Yeah, so it's just interesting. I think this year's going to be a toss up, and I don't think everybody's going to be happy, no matter what the decision is. No, but I'm gonna ride the Rom train all the way out. I think that's a great pick too. I like Rom. Uh, I wanted him to win. I was cheering for him the entire round on Sunday. Cantley tough as nails through the whole year and just kind of plays great at the end. Back-to-back Ws. So. Last thing I'm going to say on that, there's just something I uh, – and I'm, I'm sorry, Patrick, but there's just something I don't like about him, man. Yeah. You got some audience reaction. You can tell who my parents like. <laughs> there's just like I – I don't know. It's, he seems like he's like, always, he's like the villain in the – He's got that look about him. Like he's gotten questions about it too, like – are are you happy? Like, is there a smile in there? Like, do you have, like, yeah, I'm feeling great. But you don't, like, he doesn't have, he's a little bit like Dustin Johnson like that. Just, yep. like, cold, but, like. But DJ, you know, like, front. he's just in his space, right? Cantley just seems like he's the Joker in a Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what he looks like. I know. <clears throat> it's just it's just what he looks like. But then you hear him talking. He's a super nice dude. Like, <clears throat> it's just the look that he gives off. 
and he was talking about it too um the PGA tour put out a video on Instagram and they were talking about how, uh, or Cantlay was talking about how he he's learned how to just fall into this trance. He's learned how to fall into this trance and just not look up until he hits his final putt. But he said the interesting thing was Tiger was so unique in the fact that he fell into that trance whenever he hit a shot. And then as soon as the ball left his club, he just turned into the most animated person ever. And he goes, I just haven't figured out how to do that second part. And yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He was looking down so much. Yeah, this is a kind of interesting point from the crowd. Like, when Bryson hit it in the water in the playoff, he had no idea it had gone in the water until they got down there. Like, he's just so in his little, like, space and doing his thing. So crazy. Anywho, getting into. We just uh, took five minutes to do that. Yeah, well, why that's okay. Why don't you introduce our guest? Okay. So um, this is something I've wanted to talk about a lot. Um, I have a different opinion on uh, golf fitness, and uh, we have with us uh, Alex Phillips. Um, I'll let her tell you all a little bit about herself here in a second. Um, but we kind of met up through Instagram. This is where Instagram's kind of the new like meet at some random sporting event golf fitness out like go to tpi event or something like you would run into a fitness professional in your area kind of thing so um she reached out we kind of had a meeting i was about to do a bunch of uh announce a bunch of tpi programming and then i ran into her i was like oh this would be so great i don't oh, there we go i can actually hear myself talk now this is great um but we kind of ran into each other and kind of started talking and kind of want to see where she was i'm very hesitant about uh fitness professionals they start dabbling in the golf swing, and they just – they're not qualified to do so. Um, and so uh, I've had a lot of issues with that, and so I've I've declined to engage with a lot of golf fitness professionals, even ones I've trusted. And so uh, she's checked all the boxes so far, and I, I think she's got a unique perspective on it. So far. That's right. So far. You have, like you have, you have time. <laughs> That's right. So I think things are going to go great. That's why she's here on the podcast. Um, but so, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, we're just we're swapping mics here. There we go. Is this better? Perfect. OK, great. Um, so Alex is with us. Um, we're going to talk golf, fat, uh, golf fatness. <laughs> Golf fitness facts uh, and fiction uh, here in a minute. But Alex, if you'll tell everybody a little bit about um, what you do, what your degree is in. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So this is probably going to be the night that I don't check a box off on Scott's list now. But anyway, so I am Alex. And yes, I harassed Scott on Instagram because I just started a physical therapy clinic. So I am. I went to UT Knoxville for undergrad. Uh, went to physical therapy school in Atlanta, and I went. I got my dry needling uh, certificate. Um, so I'm dry needle certified. Do a lot of that, and so um, basically, kind of how my clinic is a little different is I. Fo I'm out of network, so I don't have to. I don't know if anyone in here has had physical therapy, but I don't really take people in and stretch your shoulder for a minute and then put you on a table and make you do banded bridges for 30 minutes. No offense to any physical therapy clinic that does that, but maybe just a tiny bit of offense. 
And um, so, but anyways, I get underweight. So like you said, I'm a fitness professional. I, uh, we usually go in, we do manual work. I dry needle. We figure out what's going on, what's mobile, what's just not stable. We work on that stuff. And then I get you under a barbell or we get to do uh, compound lifts and that kind of stuff. So a little different, a little bit more harsh, but you know, you get better. So. <laughs> and that's what we're all about, right? There's one rule, shoot a lower score uh, and get better. So um, <laughs> one of the first, th oh yeah, we're gonna switch back mics again. Sorry, okay. this is a lot of fun. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Thanks, Jack. Um, so one of the first ones we want to hit at is this idea of golf fitness. We were talking on the phone last night, kind of prepping for this, um, and it's just this idea of like, it just doesn't even make any sense. Like, no. golf fitness. Like, nobody's walking around. <laughs> I think you said like nobody's walking around going football fitness. Like. Nobody's going baseball fitness or tennis fitness. Like you don't you don't walk around and hear people say, "Oh man, I've got you know football strength and conditioning today." Or I've got baseball strength real quick. Like they go do baseball drills and they go do football drills, but they go into a weight room and they do strength and conditioning, which is the same thing that golfers should do because y'all are athletes. So whenever people say golf fitness, it's like, what are you doing different? I think You're no the, special. I think the industry too has been. You see, like some of these guys, and all they do is just band work and uh, body weight stuff. And there's just always been this, um, not necessarily cliche, but like this way that you do things in golf, where like if you get too big, you're gonna lose all of your flexibility, and uh, which is gonna impact your swing at the end of the day. Would you say that's fair, Scott? Yeah. Well, have you seen any major league baseball pitchers up close? Like those guys are huge. And I'm Some not just talking are, yeah. height. I'm talking like physical stature and muscle. You know, their muscle base and their muscle bellies are huge, and they're some of the most flexible people in sports. And what's super Football ironic about that is that um, weakness can mask itself as not being flexible. So a lot of the times, I'll take people through like a full body analysis, and they'll say oh my hamstrings are so tight I can't touch my toes I can't do anything and then I lay them on the table I bring their leg up and they can pretty much bring their leg behind their head I mean they're just weak so it's you know it, it masks itself no I think that's fantastic um <clears throat> I hadn't heard it put that way in a long time but you're exactly right like tightness and lack of flexibility is actually a big myth around lifting and getting stronger. Um, I actually find most people, the more they lift, especially big compound lifts, um, you actually increase your range of motion, increase your flexibility, um, and your overall strength base goes way up. I think we have to thank our boy Bryson DeChambeau, too, for showing how you can do big things while being huge right and I mean Kepka technically came yeah, before him yeah but Bryson has kind of been on the map as far as his processes and what he's doing uh and like he's giving you tangible results right like Brooksy while he's still you know longer than the average tour pro you're seeing a guy like Bryson get huge and hit the ball like 340 350 yards and so like he's the guy who everybody's like oh okay you can be huge and golf and still play well well, I think that's one of the things that's, like, golf's wanting to hit it further. Like, even little kids, like my son at five years old, is like, 
look how far I hit that. I didn't tell him about hitting it far. We haven't, like, it's not, it's just something that's natural. It's a natural outflow of, like, I hit it further than I could hit it before. Just, and then when they get older, it gets, I can hit it straighter than I could before. I can make it in the hole. I can throw it at the target, um, whatever it may be. But it starts with hitting it further. Um, and so it's just a natural outflow of the whole thing in the industry, the USGA in particular, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of weeks, but it's like trying to walk back the distance thing. I was like, look, the game's changing. We have the average shoe size on the tour has gone up, uh, two sizes in the last 15 years. Um, they're, they're taller, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. I mean, if we put them in a fitness combine, the guys that are out there right now, compared to the guys that were out there 20 years ago in the same kind of prime stage. It wouldn't even be a it wouldn't even be a contest, like it wouldn't even be close. Uh, the guys nowadays would smoke the guys back then. So, and I actually think it's one of the reasons why Kepka hasn't gotten a lot of attention when he first started playing well, because he doesn't look like a golfer. The traditional look of like what does a golfer look like? They're thin, they're lean, they're small, they're they're super flexible. You know, your Freddie Couples, your Jim Furyks, you know these long languid swings and that's just not the case anymore tell me if i'm wrong too but the average score on tour well it's gotten lower it hasn't gotten radically lower no it's unchanged tiger still has the lowest 18 or year-long scoring average of anybody back in 2000 right and so i guess so that hasn't hasn't changed and the point that i'm trying to make around that is that Golf is a game where you don't necessarily have to be bigger in order to play well, right? I mean, like, the difference between having 65 yards in and 130 yards in is the difference between being able to, you know, hitting it insanely long and having a wedge and just hitting it normally and hitting an approach shot. Like, you don't have to be fantastic. You don't have to be insanely large in order to gain an insane advantage. Well, so then the question is, well, aren't these guys doing golf workouts yeah, a lot of them are, but if you look at the guys like John Rahm and Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, your longest hitters, Tony Finau's, they're doing deadlifts, they're doing squats. Uh, some of them do are at the point where they're doing Olympic lifting, um, you know, power cleans and all that sort of stuff. So the game is changing. Um, look at the other side, too, with, like, John Daly. I guarantee you that man <laughs> didn't do anything, right? <laughs> no. But he had a very different golf swing that allowed that to work as Exactly, well. yeah. which means that strength and conditioning yeah. isn't necessarily yeah. the answer. So um, one of my favorite uh, quotes, and I'm going to botch this a little bit, we'll say it correctly uh, at the break, uh, but is essentially what um, Alex and I have are two very different jobs. Uh, my job is basically software. Her job is the hardware. So software is all the functions and teaching how to use the computer and being able to do more complex tasks, et cetera. Her job is the hardware. Can we build a computer that can do more and can reach more? So, like, um, we'll talk a little bit about Phil here um, at the break, I think. But uh, Phil is one of my students who went to see her for a TPI eval, which we can toss out TPI evals. We'll <laughs> talk about that in a second. They're, they're garbage. Uh, there's something way better than a TPI eval. Um, <coughs> and it has its place, but you don't really need it. Um, so where was I? I completely lost my train of thought. Well, we're talking about fact versus fiction. Oh yeah. So, <coughs> um, with the essential is like, get strong as best as you can, as much as you can do that in the gym and then go learn how to use that strength in the only way possible, which is by practice of the sport itself. 
like go get strong in the gym, learn how to move in the gym, get more flexible, get more mobile, um, get more control physically of your body, and then let me do my job on the range. So like that to me is where it really gets missed. And I've had fitness professionals agree to that, which is why I say she's checked all the boxes so far, right? Like um, we've only known each other for a little over a month at this point, just through back and forth and Instagram. But right now, like we have a very similar philosophy on, on getting stronger and, and doing that. So, um, yeah, so, <laughs> Uh, we've already talked about this a little bit, but, um, Alex, if you'll share a little bit on this idea of like golf movements in the gym, what, like, there are no such thing. (laughs) Um, so whenever I, so I, obviously I'm golf certified and I I don't know if y'all can tell from this conversation, I, I don't really know that much about golf. Um, I'm not a good golfer. Don't ever ask me for advice on your golf swing because I, I don't know. Um, but I can tell you if your um, – I can tell you if your squat looks bad, your deadlifts look bad, um, and I can tell you why they look bad. And most likely, if your squat looks bad, um, you've got a limitation or you've got a weakness. And if you have a limitation or if you, or if you have a weakness and that transfers into your golf swing, it's not going to be different um, as – so it may look different mechanically because obviously you don't do a squat whenever you do whenever you swing. But I can tell you that if you don't have the hip mobility for a squat, for a simple squat to sit down, you're not going to have the hip mobility to turn your hip as much as you want it for a golf swing to be powerful. So when people come into the gym and they're like, like I had a, I had a guy not too long ago who came in and he was like, you know, we haven't really done any like rotation, which is why I came to you. And I was like, well, I'm not a rotational therapist, so... I don't know what you meant by that. And he said, well, I came to you for golf. And I was like, no, you came to me because you didn't have hip rotation. And it was affecting your golf swing. You had pain. It was affecting your daily life, which is, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't, go to, I didn't go to school for seven, eight years to, you know, have tease bands. The only way to build strength is to the only way to build strength is to break muscle apart. And the only way to break muscle apart is to take your body past its limits. So if you take a band and do a million whatever you want to do with it, I'm sure you're going to break something apart, whether it's your mental strength or your physical strength first. But why not just get under a barbell? Why not like learn a functional movement and, and let me help you with your mobility and your strength and then take that and and have someone else teach you what you want to know about about your swing. So it's kind of, you know, like like he was saying, there's not really golf fitness. That's not a thing. It's just fitness. And then if you want to improve your golf swing, you go to a golf coach. Yeah, no, well, that's a great finishing point on that um, item there. But it's the industry has done a fantastic job of marketing golf fitness. And I've run into fitness professionals and golf professionals that are trying to understand the other side, but they don't have enough experience to do it. And it's like, stop trying to do that. Like understand it enough so that you can dialogue with the fitness professional that's working with your student. Um, a fitness professional needs to be able to dialogue enough, which really isn't even all that much to understand the golf student, what they need. Really the golf professional's job is to communicate to the fitness professional. Hey, this is what, 
I need my student to be able to do. Like in Phil's case, his like I I knew from the get go, I could probably give you a pretty close assessment on his physical eval and TPI eval, just because I know where he's limited, but because I can see it and how it moves, and I'm not going to try and push him into those places. So we build a golf swing around what he's naturally capable of doing. This is like when Jack, you and I went out there and we watched four people walk off the green and I could tell you what their golf swing was going to look like before they ever got up there. It's because I can see certain movement patterns just in how they walk and how they pick up a club and put it in their bag that gives me an indication of what that swing is likely to look, lo look like. And she can watch y'all walk through this room here and probably tell you where you're fairly limited and then it's diving deeper to actually address the specific issue, which is what taking a lesson does, which is what going and getting uh, an evaluation from her does and setting a plan to make those improvements and so they're two very distinct separate things and it takes a whole lot longer to change your makeup in terms of that building that hardware it's a lot easier to build that software on this end now both are difficult but you can't <laughs> get rid of the golf fitness term like I want to throw that out all together it's 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 getting people to focus on things and think about things in a way that makes them timid to do what it is that Alex is describing, like get under a barbell. So here's an interesting thought. Um, I'm wondering if this term golf fitness, right, has been coined by the people who like theoretically think about this. If you're a young, younger person and I'm talking about like, I don't know, when you grew up, I feel like most people who get into golf and this could be just me. Call me out if I'm wrong. People who wrong. may or may not have gotten into golf are the people who couldn't have gotten into like football, baseball, basketball, and right? In, in my opinion, though, that makes golfers sound so fragile. And I'm like, y'all are not exactly. fragile. Y'all no. are normal. It, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. So like, it, I'm wondering if those people who got into it are like not necessarily the people who work out all the time, every day, all day. And sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. We're getting oh, into good. fitness. Keep going. And also, in my opinion, that's a really good excuse for someone who doesn't feel comfortable in the gym. Exactly. So just learn more about it. Get in there. Get in there with someone who knows what they're doing, a.k.a. me, <laughs> if, if y'all want help. <laughs> um, but, I mean, really, it's an excuse. So if you want to be good at golf, you can make an excuse that you're not good in the gym. And, and you can learn how to swing around it. And, and that's where, you know, everyone else other than me comes in. Or I actually think, Jack, you're, you're right through and through that's been my experience I can't tell you how many parents have brought their kids to me well we tried we tried baseball we tried basketball we tried football we tried tennis uh he or she wasn't good at any of that we tried volleyball I was like you decide to pick the most complex athletic movement in all of sports where the entirety of their success pinges on them being able to do every piece of the game well how about we start with golf and then try the others like you're doing it backwards and there's just a there's just this idea like, okay, golf's like on the backside over here. It's not really a sport, but it's starting to become one. And they're still, they're still on the fitness side, this like reservation to lifting weight. Like learning to lift weight correctly. There's even research out there now. There's an account that's fantastic to follow called Squat University. And they do a fantastic job of, I mean, they've got kids as young as, eight, nine, 10, 11, learning how to do a functional squat, doing it with a bar under proper supervision. Like any movement you do is dangerous. Like whether that's a, 
a band or whether that's with a bar, you might as well do something that's actually going to work and do something for you. So uh, what else do we have on this topic? Anything else? Oh, TPI eval. Um, <coughs> I have all the most of the TPI certifications at this for point. For those of you who are listening at home and doesn't know what TPI is. Okay, yep. So TPI is the Titleist Performance Institute certifications. It's all based around fitness um, and getting people to play more, play longer, really at the end of the day is to sell more golf balls for Titleist because uh, <laughs> they're, they're the leading um, – they have the greatest market share in the business. So, like, getting people to play longer, play more, uh, play better, all of that drives people to play more golf, which sells more golf balls for them. So, but at the core, like, a lot of those professionals there are really want people to be better. And a lot they train with a lot of the top players in the country, but they're doing the big movements. Um, but a TPI eval is very, very basic. And I know they do higher-level screens than just that basic one. Um, but golf professionals do that and then they start like trying to engage with it and the number of things that are on a TPI website is just astronomically high. Like, um, I remember asking like, hey, can we minimize the number of exercises in there so I can recommend what they do? And they're like, no, we're actually adding more. I was like, that's just like, there's just too much to choose from. Us golf professionals aren't qualified to be able to go through all that and we're recommending something that A, we now know doesn't actually do a whole lot, but doing the work that Alex does does uh so it was fun to go through alex's eval i'm going this is so much better than tpi it's so much it gives a much clearer picture of how the body's moving like is it muscular is it uh or is it neuromuscular like if you can explain the differences between those two and kind of how your eval is different and i, I just think it's way better it's and not just her like there are other physical therapists that do a much more in-depth review, and it's the way it should be done. It's just me. And what the I'm benefits <laughs> of an eval are as well. I think a lot of people yeah, are yeah. like, I think a lot of people don't know where to start in the gym. If they're not in the gym, they don't know where to start in the gym. And so I think a good good thing for the listener at home to know is like, okay, benefits of getting in the gym, first of all, other than the obvious. And then what an eval is and what that tells you as somebody who can then advise that person on how to get better and stronger. Um, so yeah, like he was saying, TPI is great whenever it's needed. Um, the, the t basic TPI review, um, it, it's a very basic review and it does tell you, it shows you kind of limitations or weaknesses, um, in a very like vague sense. Um, so I, I do an, it's called SFMA, uh, but basically it's just a very detailed, if you do it right and, and if you, there's breakouts and if you take someone through all the breakouts, it can take like an hour and a half, two hours. Um, basically what it tells you is where someone's limited mobily. Um, like I said earlier, weakness can kind of mask itself as tightness. So it can show, is this actually tight or are they weak? And then after that, it kind of says, okay, well, if they're weak, are they weak because they're standing up against gravity, which is postural weakness? Or if I lay them down, does it change? And if it doesn't change, are they just, is there like a neuromuscular, a neuromuscular educational disconnect going on? Which is very common and it's not weakness. It's just. We'll show that during the live Q&A a little bit. Uh, we'll get up there and kind of show them that what you did with me a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I think the I you and your again. mic today. Well, I'm trying not to <laughs> give feedback to the listeners at home. I think the the overarching 
um, kind of like finale to this podcast episode is that golf fitness in quotes is just not a thing. Overall fitness and overall strength are going to benefit you in anything that you do, whether it's golf, any other sports, your work, um, how you play with your kids, yada, yada, just overall strength and being able to um, just be the most active version of yourself is going to give you the most results in anything that you do. And so don't let the the term golf fitness, quote unquote, uh, in or inhibit inhibit your workouts yeah and it the, one of the reasons and you know this i'm big on language uh when i'm in lessons like i'm very picky with the words that i use and i let the student use because that language influences how we view the world so when we start thinking golf fitness our brains conjure up a certain image of it and anything that's outside that we won't approach we'll be tentative to approach it and so it's fitness and it's working on your golf game like separate the two out that way Love it, love it. We're going to wrap it up here. Alex, thank you for being with us. And we're gonna, we still have two more episodes that we're going to film and are going to come out this week. So uh, thanks, y'all, so much for listening to this episode of the Champions Playbook. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, y'all, for listening to this episode of the Champions Playbook. As always, you can find us anywhere that you guys are. So uh, make sure to check out Scott on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. His Instagram is at Golf. That's two S's and two E's. So make sure to go and check out everything that he's got going on over on his Instagram page. Uh, as well as make sure you follow Franklin Bridge. Uh, Franklin Bridge puts out some great things as well, and we want to make sure that we support them because they support us. So as always, feel free to come by the back porch of the Persimmon Pub at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays to come and listen to us talk golf. So book a late afternoon round of golf, and then afterwards come on inside, get some food, some drinks, uh, we got some specials going on. We had some $5 flatbread pizzas. We had some amazing chicken tacos, as well as drink specials going on all night long. So make sure to support the Persimmon Pub as well when you come out. We would love to see you guys. We do one episode and then a live Q&A and then another episode. So from 7 to 9 on Wednesdays, we hope to see you soon, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.